Good evening, everybody. This is one of your wonderful co-hosts, Mark Quides, here on Geek Therapy Radio. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. Joining me today on this lovely evening is the illustrious Link Keller. Yo! And the ever-inspiring Josue Cardona. Greetings. How'd you guys like the new intro today? It's good. You're leveling up. You know, I... Sultry, even. I I noticed (laughs) that... And this kind of goes in in fitting with today's topic, but I noticed that for a while, a lot of of the times my intro would uh, want to mimic Josue and kind of how he does the intro. And I always saw that as my way of trying to sort of blend in with everything, kind of, kind of fit myself into everything. But today on on my drive home, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to give it a, a sardonyx kind of vibe, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. be really out there and kind of stand out for myself and, and kind of differentiate my intros from, from Josue's, from Link's. Has Laura ever done an intro? Not if she can help it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I. I. I can't remember a single time. Once, and she. <sighs> uh, she beat us all up afterwards. So it was um, never again. I uh, think she'd allow kidding. it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. You're. Uh, you're individuating. Isn't that lovely? Ex- exactly. So. Um, so this kind of goes in hand with. Um, the topic that I chose for this week, um, and this this topic came up um, when I saw Spider Man Across the Spider Verse a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not gonna really get too spoilery. I, I'm gonna try and actually avoid all spoilers about it if I can, but really just kind of touch on a, a, a major theme within the movie, which was fitting in and f- having to find your place in society, in the world, in your own social groups and, and sort of going on that journey and discovering kind of where where does someone, like where do you fit in in your life and things like that. So um, I'm kind of curious as to um, sort of what you guys have experienced with when it comes to like figuring out where you fit in with things or like what sort of journeys you guys have gone on um, either in the past or currently, things like that. Link, you fit in everywhere, right? Always. I'm a social chameleon, which I am learning may also be a sign of autism. <laughs> but that's another episode we'll get into. Um, yeah, yeah, I've had, uh, you know, as a as a kid, I moved a lot, so I got really good at... Um, making myself socially open to people to to make social connections and and to fit in with groups um very much in uh high school uh like i i hung out with nerds but i i also hung out with the goths and occasionally the stoners and um you know didn't quite make the the full drift cycle into like the sports and theater side but um yeah fitting fitting in is is, uh, a great topic 
for this because there's so much good media talking about those kinds of stories because it's true is like there is skill and effort involved in learning how to connect with people to get that feeling of fitting in and there are times um, when you do fit in but you don't feel it and so that's I think an important thing to talk about as well I think it's really interesting that you used the words um, blending in at the beginning Mark because mm-hmm. you're like oh you know I'm gonna do the same thing everybody else does so I don't stand out and it's like the overlap between like the blending in and the fitting in because it's making me think how I did not want to do anything that would make me stand out. But I did that because I did not want to fit in. Mm. I didn't want, I wanted to be invisible. I hated everybody. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) want to fit in. (laughs) I was like, how can I, how can I, how can I blend in the most so that nobody tries (laughs) tries <laughs> to to bring me into their group and I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it when we were that way as we were you know coming up with this um with this i do i do have that like chameleon aspect which um but is very unconscious in many ways like i adopt things from different groups and and i completely don't do it on purpose like, it's totally like a human defense mechanism it's like we I, we rely on each other and so it is like beneficial to be able to read social cues and then replicate them as a way to be like see i'm part of the group please don't throw me out into the wilderness <laughs> <laughs> again I, I may be wrong but i like i didn't i don't want to do that <laughs> like you know like I, if i'm speaking with um someone who has a particular accent my accent starts changing if I have, I started adopting words that I didn't mean to adopt. At some point, my laugh changed. And I knew I was like, oh, shit, I sound just like this other person now laughing. How did it, what? How did that happen? Um, that's, I, I, again, I, I, I don't know. That is that is a way to fit in, right? Like You have people dressing up a particular way or um, doing something right to fit in with that group, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. Did you what did you do to fit in with the goths and the stoners at your school <laughs> or were you just yourself and and they were just so accepting um <laughs> i mean we're talking about high school so no nobody's that accepting <laughs> um i not not so much like the the social signifiers like clothes and things like that mostly because i spent a significant amount of my youth uh and adulthood uh poor so i you know i buy secondhand clothes and i prefer comfort over fashion and so um not so much that that social signifier to um other people but um you know my go-to move is i sort of i sort of circle the group make a little circle, I'm observing, I'm seeing who is talking to who, I'm seeing what jokes are being utilized, I'm seeing what media people are talking about, and that was the end. So talking, you know, about music with the goth kids, that was the end. Uh, I wasn't playing Pokemon at that time, but um, Pokemon Pearl and Diamond came out while I was in my senior year of high school, and the nerdy kids who hung out next to the library were all on their, you know, on their DSs playing, and I'm just like, 
tell me all about the new Pokemon. I'm interested in this. Uh, and, you know, at that point had actually made some legitimate friends who were like, okay, I need you to actually get a DS and get Pokemon and play with me. And I'm like, okay, now I know I'm in because you're actually asking me to engage more than just talking about the thing. It's like, no, I want you to play the thing with me. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, I <laughs> we, we talk all the time about how media helps us understand each other and ourselves better. And, and that has always been my go-to of like, you know, oh, are you, I see that you're, you know, reading a book or you're listening to something on your headphones. What are you listening to? Um, and using that a way to engage with people or like, you know, oh, did you see that cool new sci-fi movie everybody's been talking about? Like, what did you think about that? Um, and using that as a way to, if not build like, deep meaningful friendships than at least creating that social connection where somebody feels as though I'm at least an acquaintance and therefore could potentially make the next step into like true friendship um but yeah it's uh it's definitely a skill though like Um, when I was, when I was in middle school, it was more like, if I'm, if I'm a silly little jester, everybody will find me charming and they won't ask me to leave when I jester around them, um, (laughs) being a little clown. I, Uh, that doesn't work as well as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think for me, I was definitely a lot more like Josue in the sense where I was like, please don't 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 call attention to me i don't want to be seen i don't want to be noticed i just want to blend into the background and um also had those those chameleon that that's like i was able to socially chameleon myself and and camouflage myself and, and all the groups but what helped me be able to go from group to group was not so much of like me sort of connecting to them through the media or for whatever it was it was usually because i i always knew at least one person whether that was a person that was in my class that i just talked to a little bit more often or it was like a family member like one of my cousins or something like that there was always somebody that i knew so there was always at least one connection that i could just like slither my way into so what i would do is i would basically so like hype like i i would scan the entire area scan the entire group find the one person and just beeline it to them and then just be around them enough and then take in everything and then i again i was also a person that adopts different mannerisms i um how my voice would be and how i would communicate with people would change the language that i would use would change um and this is something that my wife has pointed out several times when depending on who i'm talking to she'll be like why are you talking like that or why are you saying things like that you don't talk like that like and i don't realize it either like it's just my way of like i just don't want to make any waves i don't want to ruffle any feathers i just need to fly under the radar and make myself just invisible I think um, there's sort of like an unconscious element to it where you're you're reflecting back to a person and people like to look at their reflections. So <laughs> doing a little mirror action, people are like, you know what? I like that. I like you. And you I think cool. I did a defense mechanism earlier, yeah. right? And like, I think, I think, you know, with enough trauma, you know, that's one of those things that just comes up because it's a way of, of staying safe. Safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, 
at the time when all that was happening, I thought that that was me being able to fit in with everybody. Like I was like, yeah, I fit in with every group. I can hang out with the jocks because of my cousins and everything like that. I can hang out with the theater kids because that's what I do. I have the choir band kids because I'm taking that class. I got this, that, whatever. I, I could blend in with everybody. So I thought I could fit in. I was fitting in with everybody. And when I look back on it now, it's like, no, no, I did not fit in. There were there were some groups that I hung around sometimes where it's like I definitely did not belong in that group. Um, it's just that I was just able to camouflage enough that no one really asked or raised too many eyebrows or asked too many questions about it. They're like, ah, okay, he's here. It's like that like little that like stray dog that comes by and people just can't turn it away because it looks so adorable. And they're like, all right, we'll keep you around for a little bit. <laughs> That was basically me. And I look back on it. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to realize that I didn't fit in with every group. But also I started asking, why did I think that I was fitting in? Like, what about the blending in aspect of it made me feel like I belonged to that particular group, even though I knew, or at least I know now that that wasn't the case. You said the thing about like the the dog, that like, ah, just keep it around. <clears throat> I I see that as like I don't know if you fit in or not, but you were not rejected. I, I was just yeah. thinking that yeah. I think that's such an important <laughs> thing is like there, especially when you're young, that feeling of fitting in is less about actually authentically being yourself and being accepted by authentic people around you, and more so, I am not currently being rejected. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm fitting in. I'm fitting in just fine. I think that's such, uh, as you grow up and mature, having that realization that those are like two separate bars there of fitting in bar and being rejected bar. Um, I, th- yeah. I think that's a good point. It wasn't until like my early 20s when I started thinking of groups that I even wanted to be a part of. Until that point, it was always just like, just let me, just let me, just don't don't reject me at that, you know, up to that point, <clears throat> just like, let, let me play Pokemon in the corner and don't just, just, just leave me the fuck alone, please. Just don't, you know, like, why does it matter? What does it matter? What my hair looks let like? What me, does it matter? Let me exist in your let space, but don't, don't have expectations for me, please. People are so judgy. Just, just let right? me exist near you. I mean, the, the, the founding reason of geek therapy as an organization, as an idea is that, and I didn't realize this like really, really well until a couple of years ago, but it was me dealing with me being rejected all the time, right? And I was like, when I work with my clients, when I work with other people, I never want them to feel rejected. So how can I feel, right? So a big part of it is sure, we can connect over all this media, but the, but, but like a lot of the skills that we teach are how to, how to be open to it, right? Don't roll your eyes. Don't let me know that you don't like the Star Wars prequels. Shut up. I like them. Like, right? Don't yuck my yum. Right? It's little things. It's things like that that they're they're not small. Right? Like if you're working with clients that are children, you may be one of the few and maybe even the only adult in their life that hopefully is not dismissive of parts of them, right? Or is willing to listen to them talk about the shows that they're like or the problems that they're having a lot of a lot of us don't didn't have that right our parents didn't know how or didn't for a number of reasons and 
there there are many reasons why the adults in 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 our lives when we're younger they have they're sharing their opinions they're concerned about you they think they know what's best and so it's like everything's a problem from the way you dress to the way you talk to the way you look to the way you think and that stuff can can wear on you and so the idea that you know when you're in a therapeutic relationship a teacher you know relationship any any kind of mentoring and having somebody that'll just again not like oh i fit in so i'm 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 not even going as far as like i want to say accepting <laughs> but I'll take tolerating, right? And just not even, ideally it's acceptance, right? But at the very least, like, just let me live. And again, that's not fitting in, but that that is that is a big part of it as well. Just feeling, there's a difference between not feeling rejected and, and, and just existing without conflict versus being accepted and embraced in a in a group. Yeah. Mark, how are you fitting in? You're doing all right? Uh, man, like you, I mean, you you brought up a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff and it's so since since I've started my internship and I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before um before we started recording um where I'm going to be starting to see children clients and one of my biggest things is like i how how does one work with the work with children like that and so i think what you were saying earlier about you know worth working with young kids of like i might potentially be the only adult in their life that is willing to listen to them and and um you know kind of hear them out or and things like that like that's that's something that's really important and something that um i was like kind of reminding like getting reminded of like oh yeah like that's true and that's a very important piece of it um because i know i know for a fact for me when i was growing up no one gave a shit man like they were just like you know what you just whatever you do your thing and um you know you're playing your little games your little they, toys your basically little, little shows um and i remember throughout my entire high school you know time I was looking for a group that I felt like I truly belonged or that I truly fit in with and I tried so hard to make several groups that group and nothing stuck nothing really nothing really f encapsulated everything that I wanted in a in a group I think I just always wanted to really feel like I could truly be my authentic self and then feel accepted, not just tolerated, but accepted. And I didn't, I didn't get that in high school. I, I don't, I didn't get that really until geek therapy. Um, and and listening to the podcasts and and binging everything and basically engulfing myself in this this green wave uh, that is that is this organization. <laughs> um, it, it's and let me tell you. The I like when I listened to the very first episode, the within the first ten minutes of of the conversation between you and Dr. O'Connor, I my entire body had chills, and I was at I was at work I was at I was at Target at the time, and like I my my face like 
I could feel it like physically like lighting up and like I just like felt so excited because I was like this is it this is the group I was looking for I think I finally found a place where I feel like I can truly fit in and feel like I have like a sense of belonging somewhere and it's been a wonderful journey and you know on and sort of discovering more about who I am as a person and kind of being more involved in this organization and everything like that and I I think that if you try to spend a lot of your time trying to find the 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 place or, or the group or something where you feel like you can fit in it's it's nine times out of ten not going to really work out because you're you're trying hard and you're looking for it i think it's something that just sort of comes naturally to you because by trying to do something i feel like you're you're not going to be your authentic self because you're going to start overthinking it. You're going to start analyzing it. You're going to start breaking things down. And then, you know, you might have some unrealistic expectations, but it's when you kind of let the guard down and sort of just let yourself be who you are. They're going to start like kind of gravitating around you. And then you, you end up either finding the group or you create the group in which you, you feel like you belong. I have two thoughts. One, I mean, we've kind of all talked a little bit about how maybe like our identities aren't as well defined as like <laughs> they, they could be, right? Like so there's some some problems there where you're like, who am I? Like, what 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 do I even like? You know, and like it's, it's hard to, like if you were looking for groups to, you were looking for belonging, but you didn't know what you were looking for. You didn't know what that felt like. And you, and right? you have because a you bunch of practice doing avoiding rejection mm-hmm. rather than seeking yeah. fitting in. Yeah. And like, if you, you have no reference to that, right? You're like, I don't know. What, what, what does that feel like? It's hard to look for it. Yeah. I think also having, uh, if you grow up around your parents or whoever raises you and if, if they have friends and you get to see how they interact with friends that is instructive for you as a young person. Uh, my my parents didn't really have friends. Um, like, I can probably count on, like, one hand how many times, like, my parents were like, friends are coming over, and it's like, you have friends? You have, you have people who, like, choose to hang out with you? That's weird. I, I never thought of that before. Um, <laughs> but um, this is definitely something that wasn't really modeled to me in that way uh like my grandparents were much much more social within their community and so it's like i got to see how you be a community member and interact with a bunch of different people and do activities together but a lot of those people it's just they were they were um my grandfather is a mason and so they did a lot of like masonic and associated masonic things and so it's like there were some of those people where very much they were friends like they spent time together outside of mason things but most of it was within that social structure and so it's like i think probably i learned a lot of skills from watching them interact with people and and you know modeling those behaviors to me and that went directly into the way I made friends in middle and high school but I didn't really know how to do like real deep friendships until 
you know, graduating high school and actually investing in the friends that I was like, you know what, you're worth it to try and figure out how to actually do this. And now I have like such an amazing group of friends that I, I deeply love and deeply appreciate and feel authentic and seen and loved and and absolutely fitting in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think if I I'm. I am remembering the first time that I played D&D. I was probably eight or nine, and my mom had, like, her friend and that friend's uh, boyfriend and then the boyfriend's other friends, and we all played D&D together. And only, like, it wasn't a full friend group, but it was enough, close enough, that I was like, this is legitimately the coolest thing I've ever seen. I didn't know adults did this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, most of them don't but <laughs> some of them do <laughs> some of them do have like friends that they play with and they are joyful around and it's not just like we have to do a specific activity or we are going towards a certain goal it's like we're just spending time with each other enjoying each other and i, I think that's beautiful and I, I wish i had seen it more as a kid but um thankfully i get to see it a lot as an adult so that's nice Link, you and I are our third culture kids. Have we we talked third about this? Third culture past? kids. We talked about this before. What does that Remember mean? So, so there's this concept of third culture, meaning um, that you do not have a. You moved around a lot as a kid, right? And so you didn't have a place to call home to go back to. It's like, where are you from? It's like, I don't know. I've moved around a lot, and so wherever you go you're never really a part of that place. And then you also don't have a place to go back to, right? So ah. this concept of a th the third culture is this group of people who, what they have in common is that they don't have like a home base, right? So you and I like, and me, shit, I'm, I haven't lived, this is the first time in my life since I was 15, that I've lived somewhere for longer than three years. And I I made a decision last year that I was like, no, I'm gonna try to set some roots. I'm gonna like stay here and this is gonna be like, Chicago is gonna be my place. And now I'm like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's, un it's like, it's an uncomfortable feeling. I don't, um, I don't, I don't, I've never had that, right? Of like, this is where I can, if things go south, this is where I'm going to. Or like being born into a, place even that i like uh, to identify with like if you have that from the beginning that's kind of an advantage right absolutely <laughs> but then if you don't then you have to like you said develop these skills to kind of make friends and also how do you fit it in different places sometimes that are completely different you know like i had to speak completely different languages in the different places where i was living and just so many things were were different and and hard but yeah I think probably one of the more important life lessons that I've learned is around like this this idea of like how do I fit in and and sort of realizing like there are instances in which I I don't I don't want to fit in and that is the good and right choice for me and putting myself in positions where it's like I have to be liked I have to be unrejected from this group i have to show that i have value so people will not hate me uh or ignore me 
which is sometimes worse. Uh, and just like as as an adult coming around to the realization, like, you know, especially you know, getting out of high school where you are obligated to be within social groups is like losing that kind of schooling structure um, and sort of coming into this understanding of myself is like I, I get to choose when I am going to expend that energy of opening myself up and being authentic and present and open with people. And it's like there are times where uh, it's not healthy to do that. And there are times yeah. when it's it, it, it goes counter to what I am trying to achieve or what I'm trying to do. And it's just like having that upper level mental faculty of like, is this worth the effort of trying to fit in? Or is it okay to just like not put in that effort? And and it, am I going to get judged for that? It's like, oh, <laughs> people aren't thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. Um, <laughs> but I, th I think that that has been an important lesson is like learning like, oh, I don't have to go all in for everything. Like I can I can choose what is more valuable to me to actually be present for and what I am allowed to step back from and be like this isn't this isn't my thing. I don't need to fit in here. I don't need to contort myself in order to be accepted. I can just accept myself and do something else. <laughs> right, exactly. Like if you're looking for ideally whatever you're looking for in that group, you can find on your own and, and, and by your own, like you're, if you're looking for people to other people to fulfill your needs, that's never, that's never a winning game. It's hard. It's really, really hard. But, um, but, but yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And then it does not feel good to not be authentic, to have to sacrifice pieces of yourself to get that belonging. Right. And there's a, I've read about how, many people who this, join <laughs> the cry churches. on text right now is applying for jobs is hell <laughs> it's like oh my god i have to do the fucking dance oh no but, ah! but, see, but like that depends too that depends also right like there's a place that they want to hire you for being you and then because you played the game they're like oh no this person is you know just like everybody else we don't want them right where you could have i don't know it, it, that depends but um uh, what was I saying? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I know. I lost it. Um, just not being yourself. Where's I? Where's I going? Damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure I, de I derailed it so um, hard. Yeah. But I, you know, I I think that with that, I um, I kind of, man, whew, when I um, when I was in high school, and even even up until a couple of years ago, um, I would kind of make the claim that um, aside, unless I'm like completely and entirely by myself, I am never my true authentic self. I feel like there's always at some point or to some degree that I am masking or I am changing my behaviors in some way, shape or form. So that way they are more desirable to whatever group or to whatever individual in which that I am interacting with or hanging out with or anything like that. And again, like for the longest time, like you said, like if when you can't be your true authentic self, it sucks because you don't feel like you're being yourself. You, you feel like you're, you're some weird version of yourself or 
if you're doing it to try to fit in with a specific group and then you do get accepted and you are brought in you then Time start for to the doubt imposter yourself. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> exactly. Then then imposter syndrome comes in or you it's one of those things like okay cool you you got the thing but at what cost? What did you have to sacrifice? And and in in a lot of cases it's you sacrificed yourself because you're now not yourself. These people know a version of you but it is not the true version or it, it might be a completely to you it might even feel like you're being a completely different person because it's it's so against who you are but yet you you know you're trying so hard to be accepted or to feel like you fit into a particular group and then all, that's just leads to just constant anxiety um or just really just feeling that like okay i'm in I'm in this group, but I, I don't, I don't actually fit in. I, I feel like I just, uh, just, it's like a puzzle piece where it's like, you can kind of fit it in if you really like adjust it or you really like smush it in there. But it, in, in reality, it doesn't fit. There's a lot of nuance to this because like, okay, you're code switching, right? Uh, you don't talk, you don't talk with your friends or, or, you know, people in your community like you do at work. Maybe you do that on purpose, right? And and it's an understanding of like, I'm fine with that because, you know, I want to get paid. That's the, this is role play, right? We're <laughs> playing a game. These are the rules of the game. That's fine, right? Um, What I was saying before, and I was uh, just uh, slightly, uh, I don't I don't know why I lost my train of thought uh, before, um, was uh, I was going to talk about religion, where I've read that, um, right? That like people, uh, like they they survey people in in um, who join different religions, go to church, and apparently a lot of people don't go because they believe; they go because it's of a sense of community, right? And then all of a sudden, you find yourself <laughs> as part of a group that has very specific rules and expectations for you to be a part of that club. Right. And then, so if you don't even believe and you're like in a Pentecostal church and you hate wearing long, um, long skirts and you want to cut your hair, but you can't because, you know, you want to have a place to hang out every Sunday like that could not, you know, that may feel not feel as good, but for some people that may be like, Oh no, no, this is the price of admission. Cool. I'm in. And I don't know, like, to be with somebody, to have to just like be a fake person or not, not yourself in order to stay in a relationship, to like do something like that, to feel accepted by your parents. Like there's all these different versions of it and degrees where it can feel terrible, but sometimes it's like, I don't know, I'm, I don't know, they're paying me enough money or that's cool. Or like, oh, I'm going to be, I don't know, I'm going to be a celebrity. There's a particular like personality that I don't mind tapping into you know, um, every now and then, or being this person. Um, yeah, I don't know. When I'm in consultant mode, I'm in consultant mode, right? When I'm in, <laughs> when I'm playing video games with my friends, I'm in another mode. Um, and and that's different because there's like, a, it feels like more control. And again, like, okay, these are the rules. I used, I used to tell my clients about like, the rules are different at grandma's house than at your house, right? <laughs> like, like, you got you can't touch stuff, like, can't curse blah 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 right like at school there are particular rules and you might do it there it's like you don't want to get in trouble right there are different rules so kind of once you start living outside of you know school 
you find that, oh, there's still rules for different places that you kind of adjust to. But when it gets into that personal life, when you're starting to sacrifice your identity, your your values, that can get very difficult to do. For the sake of, again, either fitting in or blending in or not making noise. Um, the idea of psychological safety at work where it's like, I can't be myself. I can't speak up. I can't say this. Um, not just because it's, I'm going to be rejected, but because I might lose my job. And if I lose my job, I can't pay my rent and my livelihood is at stake. And I have kids and a dog and cats and a mortgage. So you're like, how much do you put up with to be able to, to keep these things? And it can take, can take a huge toll. All right, let's go with media examples now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is one that I kind of thought of. This is the one that kind of came to my head a little bit and mm-hmm. like a little bit ago. And it's a it's a throwback here. Um, oh. My life as a teenage robot. Where, oh. Uh, you know, it, it's XJ9 or Jenny. Um She's just trying to be an average teenager going to high school, doing all the typical teenager things, despite the fact that, you know, she's a robot and she's going to a school filled with just humans. And, you know, that that's her whole objective. She just wants to fit in. She just wants to be a part of the the society that is high school. And in her attempts, sometimes she can be um, sometimes like ousted or ostracized or something like that usually someone might call attention to it and then obviously something happens something goes awry and then she is able to kind of save the day but even then like she still gets in trouble she still has to deal with these consequences of things like that but slowly but surely you know she starts making friends she you know develops her own like sense of crushes things like that and you know she eventually starts to incorporate herself into the 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 group that is high school and that is just teenagers as a whole. But I think like that was a show watching it kind of was like, Oh, okay. Like this is what happens. Like this is someone who's clearly very different, but yet they're also like, and you can see attempts when they try to blend in or where they're trying to not be who they really are. And it, it fails. It, it just ends up causing more problems. So it's better to just be who you are and be true to yourself because that's what's going to bring upon acceptance and things like that. Ideally. Ideally, of course. <laughs> that, that, and, you know, it's a cartoon show, so they, they got to wrap it up in a nice bow sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you got, got a couple Hosway? of jerky ones and a couple, a couple of serious ones. <laughs> Link, do you, have, do, do you have one? I do. I do. I, it is a book called Legend Born by mm. Tracy Dion. Uh, and there is a sequel. Um, it is about a young black girl who goes to uh, like early college and discovers a um, secret Arthurian uh, society that is very white. Um, and it turns out that she has some of the magic that they do. However, she also has some uh, magic from her mom 
uh, that is like an opposing magic system. And so she is trying to balance like becoming an adult. Her mom uh, died. And that's like sort of the main thrust of the first book is her dealing with grief and trying to like work through the crazy stuff that's happening at school. Um, but it's really interesting because she uh, her she, she goes to the school with her best friend who I believe is Asian. Um, and so she, you know, these two young women of color and they are interfacing with a bunch of like, very white very white guys uh and this secret society that is like very much like you do not belong here and she's like i do because i have that magic that means that you belong here and they're like Ooh, i don't know about that i don't like that uh and part of it is obviously just basic racism but a, a lot of it is the realization that um you know they're they're focused on king arthur and his his knights and so the magic is uh, passed down through lineage, and the realization is this this black girl has white man magic, which means that rape happened. And so the combination of her trying to deal with this information and also everybody around her, like, putting that onto her and being like, and, and her just being like, you know why you're so uncomfortable right now, right? Like, you know. Do you know? And it's like, oh, it's because one of your heroes is confirmed rapist. And I'm here, and now we all have to deal with that. Um, it's a really fun book. I highly recommend it. The sequel is also very good. I think there's going to be a third one maybe next year. Um, but I think it's a really, really good coming of age story. I love, you know, the Arthurian tale stuff fits in very well with this. Um, and then uh, they call her mom's magic is they they call it root. And so getting some of the like African mysticism and and culture also brought in there and sort of combining them within her and her feelings of like wanting to fit in and be accepted, but also not not wanting to fit in and be accepted because these people have bad beliefs and are willing to do abhorrent things in order to hold up their historical values and stuff like that. And so it's, I think it's a really good story for this topic of like figuring out how to authentically be yourself um, and, and accept who you are and how you fit into a space and then realizing like, I can change my shape to fit in this space better, or I can change the space in order to fit me better. And I think that that's very cool stuff. Hashtag Camelot so white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I read um, a few weeks ago, I mentioned a book that I called, I said it was called Babel. I've always said the word Babel for like the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. but I'm listening to the audiobook and it's, a British narration. And so in the UK, they call it, they say Babel instead of Babel. <laughs> I saw a TikTok it's of the author saying- It's just a little saying, ish, isn't it? Just a little. And I saw the author <laughs> like is mentioning that like, oh, the my book just won an award in the UK. And she was like, you know, my book Babel, there they call it Babel. I was like, oh, okay. That's funny. So in this book, the the main character is- uh, 
half Chinese. And a big part of the book is how he, he can pass just enough as a white person to kind of be accepted into society. But he, and, and he, he wants that, right? Like he has a great life because of it. And it isn't until he sees that other people who, um, other people in China specifically who are getting, um, just abused and completely, um, exploited and he is a part of it because now he's part of this, this, you know, white supremacist machine that he starts thinking about how like, oh, like if I just looked a little bit different, like that's what I am though, but you just don't see it that way. So you treat me a little differently. But then he realizes that he's also being exploited. Like no one actually cares, <laughs> but he's been, he's been kind of conditioned and trained to fit in and, and completely deny his roots and the part where he came from. It's something that goes through the book a lot, and there are other um, people in the in the story from other countries who are also dealing with the same thing. And in, in a way, like they also find comfort in the fact that they are not like the other people. But it's about how you know they have to conform until with 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 the system, right? In order to to just be able to go to school and get and get you know like live a good life. Um, which is something that a lot of people can, can relate to. And, uh, I read another, I, I'm doing the, you know, like the Goodreads reading challenge. I put, I put one book per year, but per week this year, right? So 52 and I'm a few books behind. So I, I decided to read a couple novellas to catch up. <laughs> so I started reading the Murderbot Diaries by Hell Martha yeah. Wells. I was just going to say, Hey, if you want to get through a whole bunch real fast, I have some books for yep. you. Yep. So have you read them? Have you read them? I have. They're great. Okay. I love them. Um, right. So, so like I'm, I'm on the third one now. And mm -hmm. so Murderbot, the protagonist, right. He's, he's a, a robot that's like, he's a security robot and he looks um, like he has armor and like this mask and stuff, but he's built on like organic matter. All these robots are built on organic matter. So they, they do have human features, right? Like there is like a, kind of like a, a humanoid body there. And he, he is very conscious of like how he doesn't want to like spend time with these people. He just wants to do his job and not, and not make, not make any, any, any waves. Right. So he like, he dims his, his helmet. Right. So they don't see his face. And then there's a moment where like, they see that he has a face and it's just so weird for him. Cause now he has to act like a person. Um, and I, I love because it's, you know, it's first person perspective. So you're hearing his thoughts about <clears throat> fitting in and, and a lot like what we were talking about before Mark, um, like how, like, I don't want to fit in with these people. I just, I just want to be invisible and he can get away with it for the most part, but he can't do it all the time. And it's, it's just great. And, and, and also just side note, one of my favorite things about those books is that he's constantly talking about the media as in like. He's got a collection of media. He's he's watching media. Like he loves watching TV <laughs> and shows and soap operas and and basically stuff like that. And so he's he's always like, "Oh, I've got this long trip ahead of me. Thankfully, I downloaded 100 episodes of media." <laughs> and he uses media as like currency with other robots to like get right. It's it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I find it so interesting that you are using he him pronouns for Murderbot. Huh. 
he hasn't mentioned at, a, at any i keep saying he they they refer to him other people refer to murderbot as it or they huh in in my internal head i went from i i was using she her in the beginning and then shifted to they them because i was like yeah that's fun i like that but i think they don't it doesn't specify there's, there's a a gender Murderbot, but yeah, I do think it's such a great series. But what a what a hook of having like yeah. oh a, a like a murderous security bot that hacked their own system so that they don't have you know shackles forcing them to do whatever their corporate overlord says. And what what are they doing with this freedom? Um, I'm binging my space operas. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll do it again. <laughs> it's like okay, all right, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are really mm, choice. Yeah. That actually is such a great segue recommendation for you for more novellas. Um, this uh, trilogy of books called Binti, um, and then how do I spell that? B I N T I. Um, I cannot remember the author's name off the top of my head, uh, but they're all like a hundred, a hundred and twenty pages. Perfect. I, I read all three of them in three days. I binged them. It was great. It is about uh, a young woman coming from a culture that is very uh exclusive they, they don't like outsiders they like they're very much like you you're born here you grow up here you serve the community you die here um, but she wants to go to school and she gets accepted into the um like space university basically and on route to go to space university accidentally um the people that her people are opposed to have an ongoing uh, intergalactic war with like jellyfish aliens and the jellyfish aliens show up and kill everybody on board except for her. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, well, shit, this sucks. Um, but ends up being very much like because of her outsider position, she is more able to connect with these opposing forces as sort of an intermediary. Um, really fun book books. I think you you should add them to your your list, uh, but it okay. also another story that has a lot to do with um, fitting in and and finding your place within uh, novel spaces. No, yeah. okay, thank you. I've written it down. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was right, it got, wasn't got... actually intended. I said it, and then I was like, "That's a good pun." I should I should take credit for it. Um, it wasn't accidental at all. It was it was accidental. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought of two more, and these are these are more jokey. But the more I think about them, they, again, anything anything is game in GT. You never know what you'll relate to. So uh, one of them is the Marvel show Secret Invasion. It's all about fitting in. It's about shape shifting aliens, <laughs> infiltrating the world for different reasons. Um, there's only one episode out as of this recording, so I'm curious. But but I. I I'm sure that there'll be some stuff there. And um, because like, you know, like wearing a mask for so long, like it can affect you. As in Tropic Thunder, a great example of. <laughs> you know, I've not actually seen that movie, but it is like of my age demographics. <laughs> it's very funny that you brought that up. But it's funny because some people talk about the movie as like, oh, it's messed up that Robert Downey Jr. was in blackface. But like the whole point in the movie is that he's a white actor in blackface 
and like how he is just like his identity is completely like all affected by the movie is a comedy <laughs> but there's still like like i think his performance right was like very recognized for like someone who is really struggling with like their own their sense of identity because they were put in a position where they had to play this character and and what that means and all of that anyway so so that's a kind of a joking answer but i'm sure that a lot of people can kind of relate to that um to kind of the the, the experiences being hinted at in the movie um especially when you in his case it's like robert down jr and then like literal blackface <laughs> right but some of us straddle like in between different different parts right like Sometimes I'm white, sometimes I'm Hispanic. It depends where I'm at and 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 who I'm talking to, you know. And like I have to take different positions depending on on what's going on. And um, there's tons of stories that deal with that kind of stuff. And like like Babel, is, you know, does that even more. Um, but Murnabot does surprisingly do this a lot. <laughs> it is really good. Also, you know, Link. I was thinking I'm listening to the, it on audiobook, so there's like a male narrator. That, and, that makes so much sense. That's it. That right? explains it. But, That's the answer. But also there's like, but there's like a sexual appendage um, consideration, modification piece, right? And like, it seems to, and, and the names that, that that it has, it's like, it's interesting. I hadn't even thought about about this except for, this is, this is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind now as I continue I just, to. Yeah. It was just very, very interesting. It makes a hundred percent sense. That it's like you're listening to a man read it to you. So yeah, he, him, he said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I just, I just read the book. I borrowed yeah. them from the library, <laughs> support your local library. Um, but um, yeah, I think yeah. I, yeah, I really like the murder bot diaries. They're, they're really fun. Yeah. Man, you guys are talking about books and, I, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but Percy Jackson, here we go. <gasps> you already know my favorite um, book series. Assassin's you got your Creed. Percy Jackson face on. <laughs> yes, yes, but but believe it or not, this is um, it's not it's in Percy Jackson's world, but this is a this is a a story that kind of gets spread out from the third book of the original series all the way through to the, the the sequel series until the very end. And the character is uh, Nico D'Angelo. So he's introduced in the third book and you find out that he's uh, a child of Hades. So like that, that plays into its own thing. But his whole character development and, and story is Hades is one of the gods that's you know he's he's not accepted by the olympians he's not part of the olympian council he's only allowed to come up to olympus two times a year for the the winter and summer solstices so for the most part he's rejected condemned to the underworld this then the other so his children for his demigod children they're the same way from all the other demigods they tend to be more rejected or they're sort of not as quick to be easily accepted into the group because of their lineage so nico carries that with him throughout the whole story he you like when he pops up it's always like he looks like he's been kind of like he's been through the ringer he's been on his own he's been wandering spending more time with the dead than he is with the living because that's just who he is and then in the sequel series you introduce the roman camp 
and and the Greek camp and everything like that, and then their conflict, and you re- you learn that Nico's been in contact with both camps because in Rome, Pluto, who is is more accepted among the Romans, so you start seeing him struggle because he feels like he doesn't belong in either camps and either families he he's condemned to be alone and then at the end of of the the whole series he ends up finding out and and learning that he has a family with both camps he's accepted amongst both groups both the romans and the greeks and so like while there isn't a whole lot like dedicated to just his story i mean there there's chapters and things like that and there's a couple of books that where you see his point of view of things but for the most part he just kind of pops in and out because of that outsider um, persona that he kind of has and that he's kind of thrown upon himself. And then seeing that change and develop as he grows and, and becomes more mature, because when you meet him, he's like 11, 12 years old. And then you see him kind of grow up and, and start to gain that acceptance because of the things that he's doing and it's more so now you're looking and judging him as a person and as an individual rather than who his godly parent is and now he has his own book (laughs) with him and his boyfriend and it's adorable just for them (laughs) why i think ya a lot of ya is about discovering your identity and learning how to fit in with social groups. And I think that there's so much good content in there. Um, coming of age. Coming of age. All about that. It's, <laughs> that, it's that developmental level is you've sort of just started to figure out who you are. It's like, okay, what do I do with this? It's like, oh, you got to put it in social groups around other people. Like, oh, that's new. <laughs> How do I do that? Um, but yeah, I, I haven't read the um, Divergent books but i did watch the movies which were okay enjoyable um but uh very much like main theming is like being different is valuable uh because the society is so much about like you must fit in and being the person who's like well i don't is like oh that's actually is a good and useful thing and exactly what we need and i think that that's a really important story for young people to be engaging with wherever they find it but often in ya books um, I think I personally very much uh, resonate with stories that are about not changing yourself to fit in, but changing the systems so that they have space for you. It's very much my my jam is the like, yeah, destroy, destroy the structures that exist that oppress you. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I have a nonfiction book recommendation that kind of falls into that. It's called Range, and it's all about how in real life you can be kind of it's more about being a generalist but the idea of like you can come to a company that you know with all engineers and you're an artist and it's like that's valuable or you etc right whatever like you are an athlete and then like you bring that perspective into this place and it, it it's from a business perspective but it's um i think it kind of plays with that as well um less young adult fitting in and more like adulting version of it <laughs> if you need a good book on that it's called range um i have a question uh mark just mm. related to percy jackson something i didn't know are are there different like mythological pantheons in the story like not just the greek ones 
So the sequel series, um, it goes over uh, the the Greek and the Romans. So the Greeks are, are on the East Coast and the Romans are the West Coast. Oh. Um, and that's a, the, I can get into the story a whole other time. No, no, no. But, okay, but, so it's a yes. So it's a, the yes, answer is yes. yes. And then, and then <laughs> in the... Um, and then in the other series that he does it, they're all set in the same universe. So they all coexist. So the Norse pantheon yeah. exists. The Egyptian cool. pantheon exists. Awesome. Okay. I'm I sure love that you stuff. could, yeah, I'm sure you could have all the other different pantheons exist yeah. within that universe. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Cause that's what I love about the God of War, or like the new series, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, let's, let's play with another one. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, last thing related to this, but not to the topic, is uh, there's a show on Netflix called Record of Ragnarok. Okay? It's an anime, and the whole show is just a tournament arc (laughs) between gods from from across, like, the whole span of the thing, right? And I'm talking about, like, everything from... Wait, is this the one where, uh, like, Buddha and Jesus fight each other? Um, That sounds about right. I might be thinking about a different one. I I mean, I mean... Yes, yes, and yes, kind of right. Like you've got you've got like Poseidon fighting Adam from the Bible, <laughs> and <laughs> Zeus is sitting there, you know, and he's got like, you know, like Jack the Ripper is fighting fighting Hercules. Don't ask me why Jack the Ripper is like one of the gods and stuff. Like it is, it is a crazy show, but it's just so cool to see like all the gods from everything all in the same place, and it's just a giant tournament arc for the for the for humanity. <laughs> If you're looking for a, a good, there's two seasons on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's wild. Okay, that, uh, that's all I got. Anybody else? Any closing thoughts? Uh, be yourself. That's, that's really <laughs> all I gotta say. Be yourself, and and the group that will best fit who you are will just will either form around you, or it'll find it'll find you. I'll add, if you're not being yourself, think about why that is. And that sometimes there are valid reasons for it because it may not be safe to be yourself. So just be careful out there and, you know, yeah, find, don't go alone (laughs) on this journey, you know, try to, try to hopefully have support, whether it's somebody you can talk to about it or somebody you can be yourself with so that you're not constantly in you know like robert downey jr and you don't know who you are anymore <laughs> and if all else fails just be a silly little clown <laughs> just just be a scroll just just be funny that's it yeah okay all right well thank you for for joining us for this episode if you are looking for your people, your tribe, um, want to try some things out, want to wanna meet an eclectic group of people, check out our community spaces. Um, links in the show notes to all of those. For more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.org. Remember to geek out and do good. Do you want to say a different version or anything new, um, Mark? Just a... Uh, no? Listen, I did the intro. The <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Our job, Little remember to steps out are good. fine, people. <laughs> Small steps count. It's good. We don't have to redo everything either. Um, <laughs> remember to geek out of the good, and we'll be back next week. Mm, bye-bye.
Geek Therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture. To learn more about our mission and become a supporter, visit geektherapy.org.